from KQED. Hey everyone, I'm Emmanuel. I'm Kali. And I'm Jamidra. And we're the hosts of The Cooler, your weekly dose of pop culture commentary. This week, we're going in a time machine back to 1967 in honor of the 50th anniversary of Summer of Love. And we're going to talk about the songs that didn't quite become classics. All I can say is Oogum Boogum. You're going to like it. Don't worry. I know. We're also going to test your knowledge on wedding etiquette. If you're in a wedding, do you still have to buy a gift? Mm. Find out soon. And we'll also be asking, will drag queens reading to your children ruin the world? The suspense is killing me. I say it's about time. Yeah. Stick around. Guess what, guys? What? It's the summer of love all over again. 50 years since 1967. It's mm. not like we haven't been hearing about it everywhere. <laughs> God, I'm sick of it already. <laughs> we live in the Bay Area where the uh, summer of love happened. Mm-hmm. Hundreds of thousands of hippies mm-hmm. and flower children mm-hmm. descended onto Haight-Ashbury in 1967 in the summer months. The original flower crown, no Snapchat filter. Yes, yep, yep. pre-Coachella. Pre-Coachella. Mm-hmm. Oh, geez. <laughs> So people came to the hate and were trying to start a revolution based on love, unity, compassion, gentrification, weed, acid, (laughs) and music. And I'm here to talk to you about music today. Okay. This is educational. I like it. Yes. So when we think of music from 1967, we think of Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin, The Grateful Dead, Mamas and the Papas. You know, those are the names that we Uh think of. But this is only a partial picture. Hmm. Give us the whole picture, shall we? Yeah. I was wondering, what else were people bopping to in 1967? <laughs> Do you think they used the word bop back then also? I was going to say 100 points for the use of the word bop. <laughs> I love it when you say the word bop. Like, what are the songs that were popular but didn't stand the test of time and didn't become classic? So we forgot them. But at the time, people were like, yes, this is my jam. Mm-hmm. So in order to find out the answer to that question, I dove headfirst so deep into the Internet. Oh, gosh. Rifled through old billboard charts, watched a lot of weird videos, listened to a lot of weird songs. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) That's why your beard is covered in dust. Yeah, that's why. Archives. Let's go with that. Not because I only shower once a week. (laughs) (laughs) Or any more nefarious explanation. So I'm here to share some of these songs with you today. Gosh, back in time. Time travel sound effect. Go. (laughs) <laughs> so now that we're back in 1967, cool. it's Ooh, great. I don't know if I like it here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Danger, Will Robinson. Something that will make you feel more comfortable, maybe, is this song that we all know. I think we all know by Scott McKenzie. It was written for him by John Phillips of the Mamas and the Papas, I didn't and it's know called that. "San Francisco." Be sure to wear flowers in your hair. Oh, certified bop. Mm. It sounds like this. <laughs> Oh my God, how did this tambourine get in my hand? (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm telling you, certified bop. Guys, I'm getting weird flashbacks to having used that or being told to use that piece of music in some kind of high school drama production. <laughs> and it's tickling the back of my brain because why would that have been? Because this song was so popular that it reached your farm in England. <laughs> so Decades late. later. So late. <laughs> so a few months later, trying to capitalize on the momentum of like SF, hippie, let's all go there vibe. Mm-hmm. A British group who called themselves the Flower Pot Men. Ooh. They were trying to make a cannabis joke there. I like that. Yeah, it's yeah, it's see hilarious. See what they're doing there. They released a song called Let's Go to San Francisco. I mean, just call it part two and just or just cover it. Yeah. But instead they made their own thing and it was not a crossover hit. It was kind of popular (laughs) in England, but not here. But we're going to listen to it anyway. Homage? Would we say homage or is that a little too charitable? Is that a very nice way of putting it? Yeah, that was very nice. (laughs) That's what we do. We we see American things. We're like, cool, I want to do that. I want a slice of that pie. Yoink. Yep. This next song Mm. has nothing to do with Britain, but has everything to do with a certain talent of a certain Brit in this room. Oh, I think I know what it is. Is there a whistle involved? Yes, there is. This is by Whistling Jack Smith. The title is I Was Kaiser Bill's Batman. Oh, what? I don't understand. Ugh. And you don't get to understand because there are no lyrics. There's just whistling. Just whistling. Sounds and like my kind of song. It reached number 20 on the charts and spent seven weeks on the chart for some reason. Over here? Yes. What? Oh. Why? I don't know. You guys have musical instruments. You didn't have to just whistle. <laughs> we didn't have any. This is what it sounds like. <laughs> So I highly encourage you to look up the video performance of that song because what you'll see is a guy who looks like Spock's younger gay brother. Oh, I'm into that. On a big stage, hopping around, emphatically whistling for several minutes. It's it's truly a thing of beauty. Emphatic whistling. Yeah. Was he a one-hit wonder? Or like, I mean, I feel like I think he was. career didn't... Mm. I don't think you can have a, even a B-side to a, a whistle lucky jam. An illustrious whistling career. <laughs> lucky he had the one hit, to be honest. Something I love in this world is mail. Getting it? Yeah. I Or sending went, it? I All went it. completely somewhere else with that. <laughs> but okay. What, where'd you go with that? I think she's spelling it differently, Emmanuel. Yeah. Mail, yes. as in dicks. Yeah. Okay, got it. <laughs> <laughs> Although why you would have worded it that way, I don't know, but that's where my mind went. I was like, okay, I'm with you. So a band called The Box Tops love mail as well. Okay. And they made a song all about a letter mm. and the impact of snail mail. And it went to number one. Oof. Mm. According to Rolling Stone, the letter is one of the 500 greatest songs of all time. Hey, Ooh. now, play okay, it. Okay, Leah, let me hear this. I don't care how much money I gotta spend. Got to get back to my baby. Okay, yes, I like that. That's kind of Scott Walker vibes about it. I'm into it. I feel like that needs to be the intro song to some like Netflix series. 
Yes. Doesn't it have like yes. a vibe like? My yeah, baby yeah. wrote yeah. me a letter. <laughs> yeah, True Detective season three. <laughs> Another song about correspondence. Mm-hmm. Ooh. That only reached number eight and is not considered one of the 500 greatest songs of all time by Rolling Stone is called Western Union by the Five Americans. And I have to say, I like it better oh, than the letter. Ooh, okay. Because the whole song is about being broken up with via telegram, <gasps> which is the 60s version of being broken up with via a post-it. Oof. Oh. <laughs> it said, I'm sorry, I can't, don't hate me. Just like from Sex and the City on the post-it. Oh, God. He missed a big Um, That was actually someone else. Burger, but... Oh, Oh, sorry. And Big did his share there, too, though. Yeah, he he did. He deserves just as much share. I'm an Aiden gal, so. (laughs) Here's Western Union. You like that better? Very jaunty. Yes. Mm, that looks really happy for me about a breakup. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I was going to say like, no. that that's the music on every single commercial from like British television pre nineteen eighty. Really? That would be like someone skipping around, uh, thinking about how good like margarine is or something. <laughs> <laughs> you can hear it there, right? Yeah. <laughs> now I can see it. Yeah, yeah. On Channel Four, probably. Oh, well, yeah. look at you with you trying to impress I know me. Things. And it's work. <laughs> <laughs> so anyone who knows me knows I love a good witch. Mm. Stevie mm. Nicks. Okay. She was just a witch. The girls from Charmed. Yeah, standard. Yeah. Nicole Kidman in Practical Magic. Mm-hmm. Sabrina. Teenage Sabrina. Yes. Lana Del Rey. <laughs> <laughs> Bette Midler in Hocus Pocus. Oh. Hermione Granger. And the list goes on. I could go it on. It does mm-hmm. go on. Oh, The Craft. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Farouza oh. Bulk. That was a criminal oversight on my part, and I'm glad you said that. <laughs> All of the members of The Craft. Mr. We Are The Weirdos. <laughs> So I love them so much. And I'm also in love with a song called The Oogum Boogum Song by Brenton Wood. It peaked at number 19 on the chart. And it's about a hot hipster witch who puts a spell on him. This is a deep cut. Yeah. Yeah. You could tell me to stop trying to make Oogum Boogum happen, but I'm not going to (laughs) stop. This is what that sounds like. a delight. I love yeah. that song. Oh, that's cracking. Yes. It sounds Motown-ish almost. Yeah. Makes me want to draw a pentagram right on this table, <laughs> make some stuff happen. It's like the, the boppiest, lightest song about witchcraft ever, which normally ends in terrible things. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's what the media wants you to think. <laughs> Fake witch news. Well, hey, it's almost a, a new moon. We can we can make some stuff happen. Yeah. 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 Hex the patriarchy. <laughs> Speaking of witches, The Fifth Estate, some band, also had a hit with the song called Ding Dong, The Witch is Dead, which borrows from The Wizard Mm. of Oz and features a cherry little whistle of its own that makes me kind of want to (laughs) twerk. Ooh. It went to number 11. It was on the charts for 10 weeks. Here it is.
I just have to say that when the whistle hit, when the whistle dropped, I should say, Carly said, ooh. <laughs> Shout out to the penny whistle. I just used to play the penny whistle. So Was that you? Yeah, well, that was me. Yeah. Okay. Royalty still coming in. <laughs> that almost sounded like a Christmas song, and you know how I feel about Christmas. So you're more of a oogum boogum girl. Yeah, I'm a, I'll do okay. the oogum boogum before I do that. How fun! I used to play my penny whistle at the Harvest Festival, and that is not a euphemism. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to pretend it was. Hey. So another random trend, mm. in addition to talking about witches a bunch, was spoken word songs by congressmen. No, no, <laughs> no. So can you imagine Mitch McConnell mm, mm. speaking his native language of frowning turtle over a trap beat? No, no, <laughs> Again, absolutely not. Trap beat. 2017 has had many atrocities. I wouldn't put it past the universe to make that a Seriously. thing. So back in the 60s, 71-year-old Senator Everett Dirksen became the oldest person to reach the top 40 with Gallant Men, which was a song meant for the troops. It is boring as... Sin. Yes, I was going to say a different word, but boring as sin. It reached number 29 on the charts. I don't know why. Here it is. Gallant men have built us a nation. Passed as a torch of flame. Let us hold it high and light up the sky with praise of our gallant men. What? Mm-mm. It sounds like uh, the introductory narration in a Disney movie, but like a 1950s Disney movie. Like Snow White. Mm. Like Sleeping Beauty. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Maybe it was the same guy. Yeah. Right whistling in that. I will say that. <laughs> was that also you? Just hold me back. <laughs> As a response to this song, Gallant Men, a comedian named Bill Minkin released a cover version of Wild Thing as Robert Kennedy. Oh, it makes no sense. That's a reach. Yeah. So despite no one asking for this, no, no one did. No one did. The song reached number twenty on the charts. <laughs> Who made this? <laughs> and it features a hot recorder lick from one of Robert Kennedy's fake children. Wild thing. That's perfect, Senator. Lay it on it. Uh, you make my heart sing. Uh, it's really coming along, Senator. You make a. You make everything a groovy. Yes. Wild thing. All right, uh, Teddy on the ocarina, let's go. Uh, tempo, Teddy, tempo. Senator, we're going to have to get these kids out of the studio. Sorry. Oh, my God. So that happened. Okay, why oh. did this idea even... I'm into people it, were, though. People were smoking a lot of pot. I'm just that's that. what it yeah, is. Yeah, that's what it is. And the acid was being dropped. Yeah, yeah, so. But not the beat. <laughs> the recorder beat, though. No beat. While we're on the topic of white dudes who can't sing, mm. an open letter to my teenage son by Victor Lundberg became a very unlikely top 10 hit. The entire song is a man rambling about long hair, beards, glue sniffing, whether God is dead or not, George Washington, all delivered by this man who is a random newscaster from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Is this literally like the song version of Get Off My Lawn? It's like... <laughs> but like more familial. It's to his son Got directly. It. Oh Got my it. God. Okay. And so he's like, Get you know... Get Off My Lawn Junior. Yes. Okay. And so it goes on and it meanders through all these topics. And then it escalates very quickly (laughs) with this finale. Now, I would remind you that your mother will love you no matter what you do, because she is a woman. And I love you too, son. But I also love our country and the principles for which we stand. And if you decide to burn your draft card, 
and burn your birth certificate at the same time. From that moment on, I have no son. Okay, first of all, that sounds like a wow. private conversation. That sounds like something you and Junior need to talk about on your own time. This is not something that all of us need to hear. And appropriate. Because she is a woman. There's that. There is burn your birth certificate. Yeah, I want just that because she is a woman just on my phone just so I could cue that yeah, at yeah. random times. Because she's a woman. <laughs> yeah. Just every time somebody makes a comment about about a certain senator who decided to run for president, she's going to be like, because she is a woman. Chock full of irrational thoughts. Speaking of war, a band called the Royal Guardsmen had a hit song about Snoopy fighting Germans. Hmm. You know, Snoopy the dog. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's called Snoopy versus the Red Baron. Who hasn't had that fantasy? Wow. Now Snoopy had sworn that he'd get that man, so he asked the great pumpkin for a new battle plan. He challenged the German to a real dog fight, but the Baron was laughing. I like that breakdown. Bonkers. Absolutely bonkers. If I was in a dark alley and somebody ran, a group of people ran up on me, I don't know if I'm like Snoopy. I don't know if that's who I want by my side. Come through, Snoopy. I need you now more than ever. I don't know if that's the... Yeah. But he would have the aid of the giant pumpkin or whatever they oh, said. Oh, yeah. So it might work out. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe he could have that little bird. What is that bird's name? <laughs> Tweety. Woodstock. Oh, oh, maybe. I thought it was Tweety Pie. That is Looney Tunes. Oh. Yeah. It's Tweety Bird, right? Wow. That's when we knew Carly was an alien. <laughs> <laughs> Pretending to be citizen of the world. When you say alien, do you mean in a... I mean Alien Covenant, Ah. the one that burst through your chest. It's now in theaters. I saw it. It was crazy. You liked it? No. I thought it was shit. No offense. (laughs) Oh, it it totally was shit. Action movies were like your thing. I thought shit action movies were your deal. Well, let me just clear my throat to deliver a small (laughs) thesis. Alien's wonderful. Aliens is even better. Alien Covenant is terrible. (sighs) What are your thoughts on Winona Ryder in the fourth one? We don't talk about that. Okay. I only recognize I the first two as canon. Okay. And if you want to talk to me about that more, you can take this offline. I will. I she so said, thoughts. cash me out. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> so our culture is filled with single named legends. Madonna, mm. Prince. Cher. I was just going to say Cher. Yes. Beyonce. Tina. Well, I guess Turner is. <laughs> Aretha. <laughs> Yeah. You you better say Aretha, you're going to get a fax. Yeah, yeah. Dusty or a facts. telegram, and I'm going to write a Western Union song about it. <laughs> Keith? Keith? He almost happened, but didn't. I was like, who are you? Oberman? Like, what are you? There are... He released a record called 98.6. It's an ode to the sun and how much he loves it, and also how much he appreciates his normal body temperature. Mm. And he just put it out there just under the name Keith. That's interesting oh, that wow. you talked about body temperature because I was like the only Keith that I acknowledge is sweat. Wow. So, Who's Keith see. Sweat? <gasps> oh, Again, she's an I alien. <laughs> oh, God. Just revealing myself. Next week you can have a whole 1997 yes. roundup of songs. Yes. And they're all Keith Sweat songs. All Keith Sweat songs. <laughs> I was, he's, he's the whiner. So he is like a whining R&B singer who is begging all the time about, he's begging to be loved. 
I was very honest about how I confused the guy who plays Uncle Jesse in Full House with the guy who sings Jesse's Girl. All right. <laughs> that wow. should have been your Rick first. Rick Springfield. <laughs> yeah. And John Stamos. And John Stamos. Okay, Stamos. So have you ever heard this song? And who can love you like this? Nobody. I have not. Okay. I just try not to reveal myself as too far. Yes. You have some work to do, Jimmy. These are dangerous times, yeah. guys. <laughs> Back to the 60s. <laughs> it's Nin- more dangerous times. 98.6 reached number six on the charts, and yet we don't remember it today. And you can be the judge of why. Let's listen. Hey, 98.6, it's good to have you back again. Oh, hey, 98.6, her loving is the medicine that saved me. Oh, I love my baby. So he's on the same level as Beyonce and Tina and all those people, right? Mm, I thought that was a jingle for a radio station. <laughs> Keith, the most generic name. He's like, this is going to make me a star. <laughs> and so in 1988, he legally changed his name to Baza Kiefer. Oh, oh hey. Wow. So if you're looking for him, that's his name. He burned his birth certificate because he had a conflict with his dad. Obviously, yeah. I have no son. So you know that you get that feeling every Friday afternoon when work is out. You leave the building and you're just like... Put all the liquor inside Mm. of me. Where's the party at? Where's my funnel? Yes. Well, Helena Ferguson asked that same question. Where is the party? And it did not do well on the charts. (laughs) But I feel like it should have. Somebody tell me. Where is the party? She wants a cocktail so badly. It's a job. First of all, it sounds like she already had a cocktail. Yeah. Right. yeah. That's, and, she's, and that's why nobody invited her to the party. And they were like, mm. that's why she sounds like a motorbike just driving. <laughs> yeah, so slept on, classic, I think. Uh, clearly. <laughs> I'm low key. Sleeping. I'm going to keep sleeping on that one. <laughs> Don't wake up. So if you hate music and you hate history and you hate the 60s, who doesn't? Maybe you were bored during this entire segment. <laughs> And if you were, I have a hit for you by oh. the Bonzo Dog Doodah Band. Wow. It, I can't tell what you're making <laughs> up anymore and what's real. And it's called I'm Bored. I'm bored. I'm bored. With everything I touch and see, I'm bored. With exposés of LSD, I'm bored. With Frank Sinatra's new LP, and so I roll. I'm bored. So there you go. <laughs> I've got some no words. Monster Mash vibes, right? To it. So if, on the other hand, you were not bored by this segment and you want more 1967 music, there's even more where these came from on KQED Pop. I've made a Spotify playlist. You should go there, love it, share it, all that stuff. Oh my god! So now you get to have a new summer of love. Fifty years later, with all of these great songs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Side note: I do love your kind of flashback intros. It feels like you know when you're just like scrolling through the dial in the car and you pick up that Casey Kasem like top forty <laughs> from like a gazillion years ago. It felt like listening to that. Mm. <gasps> a higher compliment has never been paid <laughs> to me. So my, my work here is done. Can we go back to 2017 now? I'm afraid. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're back, we're back. Get in the time machine, guys. Come on. Time travel sound effect again. Okay, we're back. Oh, wait, it's awful here. Why did we come back here? <laughs> put it back, put it back. How far? How about? How far? Mm, 2008? 2008? 
Oh my oh. God, Jinx. Yes, oh. that's where we're going. Oh, guys. I love heart, you, Barry. My heart just hurt. <laughs> I need you go chasing rabbits. So when you were in your early 20s, what was summer about for you? Hmm. Wasps. Wow. <laughs> Everywhere. The Mediterranean. Ooh. Oh. Oh, f- <laughs> I'm such a brat. I go for wasps and you go for, oh, lying in the clear shores. I mean, destiny just put me where I belonged. Mm. I think for me it's always been like barbecues and I started thinking about Will Smith in the summertime. <laughs> yeah. Like Jazzy Jeff. And so like cues all that for me, all of those memories. But then like when you get into your like mid-20s, late-20s, early-30s, mid-30s. Oh, we don't talk about that. Backtrack, Something backtrack. else happens and there's a certain other kind of season that kicks in. Ugly bridesmaids dress yes, season yes yes so that would be uh wedding season yes oh i know once you get into like mid-30s and late 30s <laughs> uh it's the wedding season tapers off and two <laughs> things happen the kids start happening and then the divorce parties oh i was gonna say and then there's the wave of second wedding yeah then there's a wave of second wedding to be very low-key so, mm. <laughs> so when is wedding season i'm glad you asked so <laughs> Should we leave the room and leave you with Jimmy? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You seem to be getting on just fine by yourself. <laughs> okay, so wedding season is typically between June and October because nobody wants to get married when it's cold and rainy. I mean, mm. some people do, but most people want, you know, they all want the flower garden and the beautiful pictures outside in the sun. So it's cheaper, I'll tell you that. Yeah, it's a lot cheaper in mm. January, February, and March. So if you're looking to save that coin, that's when you might want to do it. <laughs> yeah. But most of the invites that you're probably getting are between like June and October. So you're probably getting them now. Are you going to any weddings this year? I am. I'm going to Portugal. Oh, here we go. <laughs> hey, my friend lives in Dubai, and that's where she decided to have a wedding, and I am going. <laughs> in a second, I'm going to ask you to leave. Okay. <laughs> Off you go. Yeah. So what does wedding season mean for you? Nothing. <laughs> Gays just got permission to get married, so it hasn't really been in, in my mind. Ah. Well, let me tell you what's going to be in your mind. The money that you're going to spend. Mm. On travel and on gifts. Because wedding season usually means that you're going to cough up some coin on a gift, Mm -hmm. on some travel, and if you're in the wedding, on some ugly attire. Quite possibly. So how much do you think people, the average wedding costs? Oh, God. I'm going to say 30000 You people are crazy. So according to The Knot, one of the most reliable names in weddings, the average cost of a wedding in 2016 was $35,329. That is actually an 8% increase from 2015. So not only are people getting married, they're spending more money on weddings. So you could choose between a year at Yale or one day party. Yep. And I'm glad you said that because well, if you're interested, the Washington Post did a piece called Six Things That Cost As Much As The Average Wedding. And I'm not going to ruin it for you, but all I'm going to say is food truck. So <laughs> go and see what else you can spend your money on instead. Good wow. Lord. Mm. 35 grand. What are you buying? 35 you People are mad. Grand. Those delicious candy almonds. That's a lot of mason jars. Oh, you talking about the wedding candy almonds? Yeah. I am not a fan of those. Oh, oh I am. Uh, Jordan almonds. Yes. That's they call them. Okay, yeah. I'll have yours next time you go to a wedding. Bring them to me. When I was a kid, I thought they were rocks, and I did not realize they were <laughs> I mean, I do get that venues are very expensive, and food, like food if you want to feed people right and drink, is very expensive. But mm. 35 grand expensive? 
Yeah, I think we spent the most money on the alcohol at my wedding. <laughs> Rightly so. <laughs> like, eat what you want to eat, but the alcohol? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay. You're like, McDonald's is over there. <laughs> <laughs> you can fuel up. You can, you, you You're going to need it. Breakfast right. all day. Yeah. So do you two have rules around attending weddings at all? We went through a rough period when we first moved over to the US where we had to decline a lot of weddings that were happening back in the UK uh. simply for like financial reasons and like not having enough vacation time, mm-hmm. which I look back and that actually makes me quite sad because they're very special occasions. Do you still send a gift? Oh, of course. Mm. And a nice card and a call and a text on the day. Oh, nice. You know, time it right for during the ceremony, you know. <laughs> You're like, right when she's at this thing. Yeah, yeah. Her phone goes you off. You want that phone going off? Yeah, yeah. What about you, Emmanuel? If I think the person would throw a good party, I go. And if oh, I think they're lame, I say no. <laughs> okay. Oh, so there's like a thought process. You don't just blindly accept all of them. I thought that's what you no. meant to do. So recently I stumbled upon a piece in the Washington Post called In My 20s and 30s, I Accepted Nearly Every Wedding Invite. Now I RSVP. No. Ooh, hot okay. take. Right? And so this woman is basically saying that when she was in her 20s, she thought they were all going to be fun keg parties. She was like, this is a great time. I'm just going to go home and have fun. I don't care about being married. Like, it's not a big deal. And then when she hit 30, she was like, I'm lonely. And weddings became awful for her. She was in debt because she'd been to so many weddings. Oh. And she had bought so many presents. And she oh had went there because she thought, I mean, it, it deteriorated pretty quickly. It was a fun piece. I was like, this is great. And it was like, I feel really bad for you. Yeah. <laughs> but she made a decision and she came up with some rules about when she accepts wedding invitations. And so these are her rules. One, it has to be one of her best friends or else she's not going. Oh, okay. So hopefully this will help you decide whether or not mm. you should go. Two, she has to know a lot of people there. Word. So she won't be lonely and, you know, okay, she won't yeah, feel yeah. weird or out of place. Especially if you're going by yourself. It's very important. Right. Three, she needs to have the money to go. So don't spend money that you don't have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Never. Don't run up your credit card. Nope. Cut it up. Cut nope. it up. Trying to go to somebody's wedding and, and, and be fancy. Okay. She needs to be invited with a plus one. So I am coming, but I'm not coming by myself. <laughs> mm-hmm. We will be eating the salmon together. Yes. Yes. <laughs> salmon for two. Mm-hmm. And lastly... She must be in a good enough emotional place to enjoy the event. So if she's like, I'm upset and I'm sad. But although, don't you have to RCP like six months I in was going to say, yeah. that seems, that's a stretch for me, that yeah. one. I mean, predicting how you're going to feel in about three months. And also, I get the concept of self-care, but it's on someone else's day. It's not about you. They want to look out and see you in the audience. She's like, it's still about me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is my list of demands, Bride. If what you is- can reach them. Cool. What is that this list? Is my writer. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say the writer. I was going to say, what is that list of celebrities give in advance? She was like, and I'll have the M&Ms, but only the green ones. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Is there a celebrity wedding you guys wish you'd have been invited yes. to? Yes. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> I have a list here. <laughs> Whitney and Bobby, so I could stop it from oh, happening. Hey now. Oh, hey Solange's, because I want to be your best friend, and it was in New Orleans, mm-hmm. and it was just immaculate. And I produced. would have liked to be in oh. that photograph when they were all dressed in white, just kind of in the back. Just exactly. The side, I would have taken even the side like yeah. pose. Yeah. Next to Miss Tina. Kim and Kanye. Now hear me out. <laughs> well, it's okay. You, you don't have to explain because I would want to be at that one also. No, I strongly disagree. I don't think it would have been any fun. Really? Here's yeah. the thing. They started in Paris, had a party in the Louvre where Lana Del Rey was in a corner singing. If you cared about that, you could walk up to her or not <laughs> and give her like a coin or something. Or you could just be drunk in front of the Mona Lisa, like do whatever you want to do. Then they fly you to Florence and there's a marble table and your name is etched in it forevermore. Cool. And if I had been invited and been there, I could have seen who's the famous person who RSVP but didn't show up. Mm-hmm. And so their name was there. Hey. Jay-Z and Beyonce is what they it, said. It was them. It was them. So, but I would get the receipt. Well, you, you, know? you don't get to keep the marble table. It's not like you can take it home in the cargo hold. It it's cool. I wonder if they had the table in the house somewhere. 
No, they don't care about the environment or anything like that. So, um, I, you know, the weird reason why I wanted to go literally so that I could hang out with John Legend and Chrissy Teigen. Mm. Yes. <laughs> oh, I think you'd get home with them as well. Yes. Love it. Mm. I have one more. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know Paul Newman? Yeah. You, from the salad dressing? Yeah. <laughs> and the like knockoff Oreos? Yes. And the great actor Paul Newman, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Paul Newman's wedding to whatever white lady he married. Joanne Woodward. Whatever. <laughs> I would go there to make a case for why he should be gay with me specifically. Because yeah, he's fine. Yeah, yeah. So those are the weddings I would attend. So your weddings ha- all have to do with objection. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, hey. Except for Kim and Kanye's. I would let them do their thing. I just want to be taken to Europe. I like how all the cute guys you went for Paul Newman. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, Google Paul Newman shirtless. You won't be disappointed. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. This is like a long time ago. Obviously. <laughs> it's not like in his salad dressing days. <laughs> so now that I've given you a little advice on how to make decisions around whether or not you should accept a wedding invitation, I'm going to quiz your knowledge okay. about wedding etiquette and see how much you guys know oh. about Uh-oh. this. So, according to a study conducted by The Knot, the following place is the most expensive place to get hitched. San Francisco, mm-hmm. Manhattan, Los Angeles. Ooh, Manhattan. Samesies. Mm. You're right. Yes. Manhattan, Ding. the average cost of a wedding is $78,464. <gasps> God, sorry. It's ridiculous. It's sick. Now, if you're looking to save some dollars, according to the same study, the most affordable place to get hitched is... Detroit. <laughs> A, Nebraska, B, Arkansas, or C, North Carolina? Arkansas. Arkansas. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> the most affordable spot is Arkansas. Like, why would you ever want that? Mm. They're like, we'll pay you. An <laughs> average of 19522 and that's still too that's much if you ask me. That's still a lot of money. <laughs> Does that buy, like, a house as well, the house that you then move it into? Comes, they, they give you land. Yeah. No, yeah. no shade on Arkansas as well. We should really Listen, be mindful, guys. first of all, my daddy was from Arkansas, okay? So I have lineage, and I can rag on it if <laughs> I want. Thank you. Okay. All societal rules dictate that the parent of the bride pays for the wedding. However, we know that it's 2017. According to the same study by The Knot, what percentage of the average wedding is covered by the bride's parents? A, 72%. B, 22%. C, 44%. 70, whatever. 44. Carly is right. Yes. The survey found that on average a bride's parents cover 44% of the overall wedding budget. The couples contribute 42% and the groom's parents pay 13 There are some couples who fork over the entire amount themselves. That's what G and I did. We just had to cough it up. Yeah, yeah. So what percentage of couples pay for their wedding entirely on their own? A, 66%. B, 10%. Or C, 35%. 35. 66. 10% of Whoa. couples pay for their wedding entirely ah, hang on, on I feel own. like the mathematics on the previous two answers don't add up. I know they don't. <laughs> don't blame me. I don't do math, so I'm just going to let it ride. I'm no Einstein, <laughs> but even I can smell a big rat there. E equals me. MC rigged. <laughs> this is rigged. Rigor Morris. Haters will say it's Holler, Photoshop. Holler at the knot. <laughs> <laughs> Don't at them, but do at them. <laughs> If you're in a wedding, are you still obligated to get a gift? Yeah, I, th- I think you are, all right? Sure. Okay, so the answer is yes, but, right? Okay. If you're in the wedding, you're buying the dress, you're coordinating things, you're paying for stuff. So you're obligated to get a gift, 
However, you get a small token, mm. okay. like a decorative photo frame or something like that, but something very small. A photo frame? You're going to hit him with I'm a just photo? saying. <laughs> a bottle that of champagne. Savage, Jamidra. Yikes. So cold. I got you a photo frame from Walgreens. <laughs> Congratulations. I'll know what to expect if I ever do get married. You're going to be like, clock it. Clock it. <laughs> But you get them something small, a small token of your love and appreciation. But you don't have to go the average like $100 and $150 because you spent that much on the outfit, right? That strikes me as so off that people in the wedding have to buy their own matching attire. You know what I mean? Like if you're saying, I want bridesmaids and I want you all to dress in like lime green, but you have to buy your lime green dress. That just strikes me as so wrong. And you have to buy your lime green dress that you'll never wear again. Never wear again? Yeah. Okay, last one. Well, related to the wedding, but it's more about the bridal shower. Bridal shower superstition. The guest whose gift is open third is next in line to be married, next in line to be pregnant, destined to be alone forever. Whoa. Okay. I'm going to say the married one. <laughs> You're like, or destined to be a spinster with cats. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll go for the pregnancy. I mean, they're all equally lucrative. Okay. The guest whose gift is open third is next in line to be pregnant. So, oh. Emmanuel. What? The next time you had a bridal shower? <laughs> yeah, it happens all the time, like yeah, every yeah. other Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. So if you guys want to take this quiz on your own or you want to test your knowledge about wedding etiquette, mm, i got a few more questions for you. So just go to kqbd.org slash pop and test your knowledge. Come on, it's a nice day for a white wedding. It's a nice day to start again. It's the Begin, begin the Pick. Hey, the pee in the pit. Hey. You know what that song means. It's time for our peek in the pit, our weekly look at the highs and lows of pop culture this week. So I stumbled upon an article in the National Review. The title is Tax Dollars Are Paying for Drag Queens to Read Stories to Children. And it's by Amelia Hamilton, and she's very upset about this, saying tax money is going to indoctrinate children into liberal left-wing drag queeny situations and belief systems. The horror, the horror. Where was my fairy drag queen? Because I don't, I feel like I was indoctrinated, but I don't remember. Right. I could have used a drag queen growing up. I certainly could have. But apparently this is a problem because Amelia says they're not reading books about gun rights, the value of life in the womb, American exceptionalism. Um, There are children's books on gun rights? Apparently so. And she's mad that they're not being read by drag queens right now. G is for gun. Yes. <laughs> Dr. Seuss's B-side. So she's very upset that the Brooklyn Public Library is doing this. A library in San Francisco has done this. And she feels like... Kids are not getting the full spectrum of beliefs. She's like, why aren't they being exposed to right-wing conspiracy theories as well? Uh, I think that's what the internet is for. (laughs) That's what Reddit's for. (laughs) (laughs) That's what your safe search and parental controls are for. So if you're on team, Amelia, because maybe you are, I don't know, your life, she has a book that's for kids that you can read. It's called One Nation Under God. A book for little patriots. Because only one nation is under God, right? Just right. one, just the one. In the words of drag legend Alyssa Edwards. In a grip, get a life thing, get over it. In a grip, get a life thing, get over it. In a grip, get a life thing, get over it. So pay the week to her for writing this article. You didn't have to. You could have just put it on your Facebook page where all rants like this belong. And now to our peak of the week. So this peak you might not agree with, but Jagged Little Pill, seminal work. Oh, God. I love me some Atlantis now. Come on. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know. 
Yes, queen. That was <laughs> okay. Amazing. That was really good. How could you not like that? Oh, I just really don't like Alanis Morissette. Well, I think she did the damn thing with that album. And now it's being turned into a Broadway musical penned by Diablo Cody, who did Juno. She's known for things. So it's in good hands, I think. I hope. It could turn into a pit later down the line. But right now, I'm going to be optimistic because everything out in the world is terrible. And so I'm just going to focus on this and keep replaying the track of Jamidra singing Alanis <laughs> over and over and over. Because that was the greatest thing ever. So kudos to Alanis for continuing to collect checks from something she did 20 years ago. And I will remind people, even though this is being made into a Broadway musical, don't follow Alanis's advice for what to do in a theater. Oh. You will be asked to leave. I hope Amelia's children don't Google that. She will be upset about that as well. So this week's song is... Something by Alanis Morissette? It certainly could have been, but it's not. Thank God. <laughs> I thought of you. It is one of the songs from 1967 that I didn't play because it's not kooky and crazy enough to be collected along with those songs that we listened to earlier. But I fell in love with it and have listened to it four times this afternoon. It is called Mirage by Tommy James and the Shondells. And it has the vibe of that Celine Dion music video where she's in love with this guy who's dead because of the motorcycle accident. And she's just like running through curtains and he's just like a mirage and she tries to grab him and like have sex with him. But he's not there. And so this is kind of like that, but not at all. And I really enjoy it. And I hope you do, too. Gone now. I run to touch you, but you vanish through the doorway. And oh, how. Thanks to our podcast papa, David Marcus. Thanks to Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs for our amazing theme song that you hear at the beginning of the show. Until next week, find us on social media. I am Excuse My Beauty without the first D on Twitter. I am at Teacup in the Bay. I am at Jimmy Dresses. Follow us. Favorite our stuff. Retweet. Bye. 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 Wait a second. Bye. Bye.